1: Welcome, everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you again today for our two of Southern California Live on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. I'm really glad that you are with me today. I hope that you are uh, having a good day and staying healthy, uh, especially staying healthy and doing healthy things in order to stay healthy. I think that that matters. Uh, I mentioned last hour that I have come down with something, happened all of a sudden. Uh, I don't have the COVID according to the home test I took, which may or may not be accurate, but there you go. Uh, but you got to do uh, do the right thing to take care of yourself. So uh, I'm actually not having coffee today. I always talk about coffee and I love it in the afternoon. It's very difficult, challenging for me not to have some coffee uh, in the afternoon while I do this show. Uh, but uh, to keep the vocals working well, I got some water, I got some tea I'm not really a tea guy, so uh, I just took whatever they have, and, uh, you know, there you go. Wherever you're at, I hope that you are taking care of yourself, and I hope that you're not doing something silly like the uh, the new thing out there, apparently, is uh, NyQuil chicken. Don't do the NyQuil chicken, um, and if you're wondering what's NyQuil chicken, it's exactly what you think it might be. You know, we've gone from eating Tide Pods and doing a few other things that are bad for you. NyQuil chicken is cooking the chicken in the NyQuil, using it like a marinade, and that's how you feel better. No, it's bad for you. Uh, Let me just tell you that uh, the scientists are saying that uh, what happens is is when you heat it up, it uh, becomes an aerosol, and you breathe it in, and it bypasses your liver. that normally is meant to help regulate it in your body. Uh, It's not the way it's meant to be. Uh, So uh, do not be cooking... uh, your chicken in anything other than uh, some fine spices. If you're good at it, you know, just some salt and pepper can go a long way, actually. And you can get some other other spices. You can put some breadcrumbs around it. It's really good. You can bake it. You can fry it. You can chop it up, put it in a wok, put it with some vegetables, put it, uh, you know, in some eggs. You can do almost anything in eggs. Lots of different things that you can do that might make you feel better. But uh, uh, NyQuil chicken, let's not do that, shall we? Shall we, friends? Uh, let's just stay away from that. Number here is uh, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the number. If you want to join me in our conversation, you can also email me at the program now. It's SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And uh, I'd love to uh, hear from you that way, especially if you're listening on the podcast, and you can't call in live. Uh, that's a way that, you can, that we can connect. Uh, so it's good to hear from you that way. All right, so this hour, um, I uh, I thought we would talk about uh, something maybe more inspiring, and we'll see what comes to your to your mind. Uh, I'm not going to be with you tomorrow or Monday. I previously had a vacation schedule that we've we've planned for months, and so now I don't know if I'm going because I'm not feeling too well. Um, but over the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend, uh, we're going to be gone, so I'll be back with you on Tuesday. Um, But so I thought I would actually talk about this for a while because I I think when we have these holidays, they're here for a reason, and uh, we should talk about it. What are your thoughts about what inspires you the most about Martin Luther King Jr.? Do you have a quote that you really like, something that you use very often? You know, one of the things about him, one of the reasons that we have a holiday – is because he had a dream, and the reason that speech is so famous, the reason that that, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons, one of the things that's the most profound thing about Martin Luther King in a way that, although there were all kinds of criticisms and, and differences of opinion during his time, but all these years later, we have a, a lot more in common. It's because he had a dream, not a plan. He had plans, and he did things, and he was, uh, a great preacher, especially when it comes to the idea of uh, nonviolent resistance. Uh, that matters a lot. It's strategic. It's scriptural. And uh, it works. It actually works to bring people together. That was Martin Luther King. But you know, when he did his I Have a Dream speech, it wasn't people showing up because they want to hear Martin Luther King. Some people did, but they came because they were inspired. It's a dream, a vision of where we should be. And we obviously have a lot uh, more still to, to work on with that. I thought I'd talk about it for a while. Cause I, I used to do a leadership tour with, uh, different leaders that, uh, involved, uh, Martin Luther King. And I'll talk about that a little bit, but if you have some thoughts about this holiday, maybe what it means to you, give me a call 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is, uh, the number. So you can call as soon as you got something on your mind. And, um, We'll get to that here in just a couple of minutes. A lot going on in our our culture today, so keep being in in prayer about where we're going. But, you know, in the last hour, we we wanted to have some discussion about the Supreme Court decisions about mandates, but a lot of the calls really came in having to do with whether or not COVID is um, a, a plague or a punishment from God. It certainly is a plague. It certainly is pestilence, you know, even from every secular standpoint, that's what we would call this kind of pandemic. Um, but the sense was, you know, maybe God is uh, doing this. And the, the without getting into the theology about whether God does that in the New Testament or not, for sure, um, God is not ignorant of what's going on. And what does he want? Uh, he wants us to repent. And what does he want us to repent of? Yesterday in our program, we had a lot of conversation about how great it would be if uh, churches, particularly Christians from different cultures and different backgrounds, could find more ways to do ministry together and work together. Well, I think one of the things that we can do this weekend as we think about uh, the holiday, and hopefully you have some kind of plans and won't be ruined by sickness or maybe the sickness, if you're going to get sick, maybe it's convenient that you have the day off, if you have the day off. Um, Martin Luther King birthday celebrated on, on Monday. And over the last couple of years during the pandemic, of course, issues of of race have become uh, much more in the forefront. There are a lot of tension. But underneath all of that, there has been a lot of conversation. And it doesn't make the news and it doesn't get to be part of the the argument that people have over academic matters like CRT and things like that. As believers, I think we have uh, the answer. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not a lot of work, but everybody being being made in the image of God that's the place where we need to be to see each other that way and I think the way we express ourselves to each other uh matters it matters greatly. One of the things that was the one of the reasons that we have a Martin Luther King holiday is because of his nonviolent approach to things um that he really urged this and the tide turned in the civil rights movement when the fire hoses were turned on people and they didn't fight back. When uh, they were, you know, back then there were riots and there were other things going on that are similar to what we dealt with today. But, you know, when the world sees evil on one side and sees active, passive resistance, what it really means to turn the other cheek on the other, the world is forced to deal with whatever evil it's watching. And that's what happened. And that's why a lot of things were accomplished back in those days. If you want to make progress, uh, Jesus teaches th- this, and you might say, yeah, well, Jesus made a whip and he tossed tables in the temple. Yep, he sure did, but he didn't threaten or to kill or kill the money changers. He didn't go to their homes or their businesses and paint threats on their house, and he didn't set fires to people's legitimate businesses outside the temple. And he didn't teach some kind of philosophy or blame the government or tweet about some kind of academics. He removed the corruption that was going on in his own house. And he told those people to repent. And then the great thing about Jesus after he does that is then he goes out and he sacrifices his own life for those money changers, for the Pharisees, for the Jews and the Gentiles and the Romans and even later the Americans and every people on earth. This is what he did. When we think about this, I used to do, uh, you know, leadership. I guess that's something that, and I'm waxing philosophic here. You can join our conversation, my conversation, uh, right here, our conversation together. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. But I like to take some time and think about why we have these these holidays. So I used to go to uh, Atlanta regularly to go to a conference. So there was a pastors' conference called Catalyst they might still have it. It's really targeted towards uh, uh, leaders in their 20s. Um, And, you know, I put on the right shoes and I could fit in, you know, for a while. But later, as I got a little bit older, I started saying, you know what, I'm going to be there for a few days. And I actually develop, I like to go through practical uh, leadership lessons. So I have taken leaders from uh, my church or different organizations right here in uh, the Southland to the Reagan Library or uh, the Nixon Library, or different places where we, we can actually have a conversation about uh, leadership. Um, and uh, presidential libraries is one of my favorite things to do. I've been to many of them. Presidential libraries are, they're not just libraries with books. They're basically museums. There's two parts to them, typically. They are museums of uh, that president's life. And uh, you kind of see how they grew up and where they went to school and all the stuff. And then all the accomplishments, whatever led them into Uh, the presidency eventually. And some of them are amazing. These days, usually uh, presidents, when they die, they end up getting buried there at their library. Uh, Eventually there'll be a Barack Obama library. Eventually there'll be a Donald J. Trump presidential library and museum. I don't know where they're going to put that. I I haven't looked that up, but it'll be there. And uh, eventually there'll be a Joseph R. Biden presidential library and museum. I kind of hope if they can, they'd put Donald Trump's museum in that in the Trump Tower, in that gold-plated, gaudy house that he lives in. Because one of the things that they do in these libraries is they'll ask, they'll, they'll really present where this person was born, where they came from. How did they get to be president? I think a great question that historians are going to ask for a long time is, how did a guy who lived in this gaudy tower, this gold-plated, if you haven't seen it, it's just it looks like Hearst Castle in there. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous, right? How did the guy who lived in that win the working man's vote? And he did. Uh, That's a question that history will... I get into that kind of thing, okay? If you go to the middle of nowhere, Kansas, you can go to the uh, Eisenhower Presidential Library Museum. And frankly, you spend a whole lot of time in World War II and what he was as the general and the supreme allied commander. And by the time he's the president, it's kind of like a victory lap and not that exciting. Um, His house, the house that he's born at, is out there. One of my favorite quotes ever, Eisenhower had a lot of siblings, I think it was either all brothers or mostly brothers. And the day after D Day, there's a picture there of reporters on the porch there talking to General Eisenhower's mom. And this is such a great mom quote. She said, that She was asked, Are you proud of your son? So this is the day after D Day and the invasion of uh, France, you know, or a couple of days after. We knew it was a success. And they asked, Are you proud of your son? And the great mom answer was, well, yes, I am. Which son are you referring to? Such a great, great line there. Anyway, see, you get to know, you get to know people. You get to know where they come from. And I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated that God brings to to power uh, people um, from different places. And they're not always people who have political power. Sometimes they're people who just have tremendous influence in the culture. And that would be Martin Luther King Jr., tremendous influence uh, influence in the culture. So in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, nearby the Jimmy Carter library, president, Jimmy Carter. (laughs) I'm Jimmy Carter. I used to do that impersonation probably a lot better back in the day. Only a couple of miles away is the crow flies or any bird. Why is it a crow? Maybe they just fly extra straight. I don't know, but not too far away and near the downtown area is the Martin Luther King Jr. Center and Memorial site. If you ever go to Atlanta, uh, you need to go to that. And uh, you need to check it out. It, uh, it's very inspiring. It's a great place to go. And so what I developed with some different people a few years ago, I did this two or three times. And I would take different pastors or different leaders. And uh, we would tour around Atlanta a little bit. I called it the Scott Furrow Leadership Tour of Atlanta. And uh, we would go to some different places. One of the places we would go to is uh, Oakland Cemetery. You familiar with that? It's actually a tourist attraction. You know how in Hollywood there's a couple of uh, cemeteries that you can go to and they give you the little map and you wait in line outside and, uh, you know, Hollywood Forever Cemetery and stuff like that. Well, Oakland is like Atlanta's version of that. I think the Kenny Rogers is the latest big celebrity to be buried there, and he's got this uh, huge um, tomb that they built there. He died a couple of years ago. And uh, we go there, and then we also go to the King Center, and we go to the Carter Center, and that's what we do. And so, what we consider in this tour was the effectiveness of Carter's leadership as president. Can I compare it to the leadership of Martin Luther King Jr. as a civil rights leader? Uh, it's important to point out that uh, today uh, the Carter Center does a lot of good work out there in the world. It's one of the most effective organizations solving problems of poverty and disease in the countries countries around the world. Uh, Carter's uh, leadership as a former president with that, with respect to poverty, uh, it's an example for all other former presidents. Um, and at the end of the presidential library, there is a Carter Center section, and it's, it's great. Uh, but his presidency wasn't all that stellar. I know people want to rewrite it, you know, these days, but uh, it just wasn't. Uh, as for Carter, it was said that the presidency was the unfinished presidency, which is a nice way of saying that he wasn't successful in what he set out to do as president. And the Carter Library actually uh, demonstrates this pretty well today. They changed it. A while ago, it used to not really deal with some of the hard things in in the Carter administration. If you're not familiar, Um, they had tremendous inflation and high interest rates, which might be the direction that we're headed now. Right. We just had, what, seven percent interest rate last year. That means we all took a seven percent pay cut last year. That's significant. And the inflation rate was in the teens uh, during the Carter years. And the interest rates for home loans and other things was uh, also going through the roof it was a tough time. And the president wanted an energy policy that was, that was good. And, and, uh, the containment of Islamic terrorism was a big deal. You might remember the hostage crisis that was at the end of the the Iranian hostage crisis. If you know your history at the end of the Carter administration, and you leave the presidential section there with this lack of accomplishment is kind of what you, you feel. And, uh, they're pretty honest about that. They didn't used to be, but they're pretty honest about that now. I like it. And, uh, that that that's you know pretty straightforward. Uh, fortunately, you do leave through an exhibit demonstrating the work of the Carter Center, and it's pretty good. Uh, but my point in telling you this is that there will never be a Jimmy Carter national holiday. Not going to happen. It's it's not going to be whatever you think. There's not going to be a Joe Biden national holiday or Donald Trump national holiday or a uh, Barack Obama national holiday, you know, maybe because he was the uh, the first uh, African-American president, but um, not really because of his presidency. There's not going to be a George W. Bush holiday. Not too many people. You've got, you've got Lincoln and Washington now combined into one, and it's kind of President's Day, but it's really about those two presidents. We have a Martin Luther King Jr. birthday. And so when you go there, you can really start to talk about his leadership. And what I like about it is it can be inspiring whatever it is that you're trying to lead. It can be inspiring to get through some of the the challenges that you might have in your life. And he had tremendous challenges and tremendous obstacles to overcome and uh, people not agreeing with him on all sides. You still have have that going on. And there is so much that he could do with no money, with no political power, at least elected political power, And when you really sit and think about it and you think about what a person can accomplish, what I would say to you as you think about this, never believe for a second that God may not be calling you to do something great, to do something great for his glory on behalf of people who are suffering somewhere, on behalf of people who don't have enough or people who are poor, or maybe it's people in some other country somewhere. You're called to be a missionary there. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's the elderly. Maybe it's in the area of race relations. Do not think that because you don't have political power or maybe you don't have money that God can't use you to do amazing things. For our audience on this show, we talk about uh, all the issues of the day and we come from different places. You know, together as followers of Jesus, I think we have a role to play in the next few years. We always have a role to play, but I think the next few years are critical for our country and critical for us as a people. And maybe this really is the time where we turn and we repent and we love each other the way Jesus called us to love. And we inspire each other with the words of Christ, but also in being obedient to Christ as best we can. Does that sound good to you? You can join me here on the program if you have any thoughts. One of the questions I've asked you is, do you have a favorite quote or an inspiring story about Martin Luther King Jr., since we are having his holiday here coming up? 858-528-2557 is the phone number, 888-52-TALKS, LA Talks, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation here. So we get back in just a couple of minutes. I want to talk to you about uh, that tour and how I bring people through the King Center and the Carter Library and some different things that I think are very profound uh, for us to know. Uh, Did you know that in the Oakland Cemetery there, the cemetery I talked about, that there is a place for Confederate dead there? It's a Confederate cemetery and part of it. Uh, There are a lot of Civil War sites around Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta was burned to the ground by General Sherman during that war, and there are markers all around relating to that battle. And not far from the King Center is this Oakland Cemetery, which contains one of the largest Confederate soldier burial grounds. And it's kind of a strange thing to see. And you ponder the loss of life in that war. Hundreds of thousands of people died. And many thoughts go through your head. Thoughts of families divided, and a country divided, and a country who couldn't find a way to repent and come together for what was good. A country that was driven in fear and economic difficulty. And a big question to ask is, was it worth it? When we think of the division that we have now, today in our country, and we think of the violence, and uh, we've seen it in uh, the various riots, and we've seen it in uh, just the way we speak to each other, and in lots of people losing hope. We don't have to lose hope if we can look forward to the right thing. Can I encourage you that way today? Can I encourage you to think that way, to believe that God is in control and that he has given us the tools right now, to do the things that we are called to do. That's just something I want to encourage you with uh, today as we think about this coming up this weekend. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. If you've got any thoughts about the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday or a quote that you like in particular, something that's inspiring to you, you can go ahead and give me a call. Or if you just want to respond to the things that I'm saying, you can give me a call and join the conversation, eight 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 528 2557 I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. Thursday
0: edition. I'll be back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Southern California Live. I'm
1: Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you this afternoon, this fine Thursday afternoon on Southern California Live. You can join our conversation by calling me at 888-528-2557. 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number. And I wanted to just spend some time, since I won't be with you Friday and Monday, just talking a little bit about Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, and uh, maybe give you some things to think about. I think when we have our our holidays, whatever they are, we should take a moment and discover why they are there. President's Day coming up, of course, and then even national holidays that aren't you know religious uh, matters a lot. Memorial Day, uh, I think you should have the barbecue, because that's why people died for the freedom for you to do that, but you should also... Uh, maybe go to a national cemetery and be with people who are mourning on that day for the sacrifice that has been made. See, there are there are lots of things and ways that I think it's important for us together uh, to be together with uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ and also our, our, our fellow uh, men and women who are in our life uh, and be citizens together and be together on this earth. We have such a great mission as believers to do that. And I think... When you really study um, Martin Luther King Jr., one of the things that's impressive is the fact that he accomplished so much, uh, and he didn't really have anything. Uh, when you go to the Martin Luther King Jr. Center, if you go in Atlanta, it's interesting uh, to note that a lot of the events that it's talking about happened 100 years after the Civil War, and uh, there are so many things that uh, were just left undone. Uh, after that war, things that, uh, had not been accomplished with race relations that needed to be some of those things, uh, still, obviously there's a lot of work to do there. And when you go there, uh, you see a whole lot of things about Martin Luther King as a leader. You see that he was a leader of great re- accomplishment whose legacy is still inspiring others to learn and to make progress. Bus after bus will pull up and drop off people. People of every race, by the way, people of every background are getting off buses and going to that museum and checking it out—it's not very big, uh, that museum. It's not very fancy. I haven't been there in a few years. Maybe they've upgraded it a little bit. But last time I was there, I thought it was a bit run down even. Uh, but in just a couple of small rooms, there's an awful lot there of his story and legacy. And you leave the Martin Luther King Jr. Center pretty quiet, in deep thought and retrospection about a lot of things. You can actually go into the church where he was the pastor. It's now uh, it used to be just part of Ebenezer Baptist Church, but now it's part of the uh, Martin Luther King Center. And, you know, something that is profound is you can go in there, and uh, when I was in there last, you could hear two sermons. One is playing uh, up top in the sanctuary part, and another one is being played in the in the basement. And I have found that there are, are families in there, particularly African-American families with uh, young boys and young girls, and moms and dads, really asking their kids to listen. And these are some of his most popular sermons and sermons that are are really uh, powerful, particularly when it comes to the idea of nonviolent resistance and loving your neighbor and the goals that he would have for people. Uh, he was a great leader. He just was. And when you leave there, you, you realize that he didn't have very much and yet he accomplished great things. You know, the writer, John Maxwell, John Maxwell, uh, he defines leadership as influence, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Martin Luther King Jr. had incredible influence. He was a great leader because he influenced change and positive and in, uh, change in a long lasting way. And unlike many of his contemporaries, he refused to run for political office and he led his followers in a winning philosophy and nonviolent approach. Uh, and it forced the country to take notice. Great leaders are often considered great because they hold to basic principles. Do you have principles that you hold to? Principles of Christ that you hold to? Now, I know he wasn't a perfect guy. He was a sinner like the rest of us. But whatever his failings may be, he managed to be this kind of great leader. You know, what happens is then you go into the Carter Library. This is what I would do in the the leadership tours. Then we go to the Jimmy Carter Library, and you see all this power and money and basically unlimited power and authority and somebody who didn't really accomplish uh, nearly as much. That's what it really seems to, to say. Do you ever think that you don't have influence? Do you ever think that you don't have the ability to impact things? Can I encourage you that you do? You have influence over the people in your relational world. You at least have that influence. If you take the bus somewhere and you don't shower, you're going to influence the person who you were sitting next to to get another seat. You definitely have influence in your life. And the people that are gonna listen to you at least are the small group of people that you work with or go to school with. You've got influence. And you and I may not have the influence of a Martin Luther King Jr. or even some president. But in your relational world, you can make an impact in this world that is long lasting, that is so, so powerful. And that does really a lot of good for a lot of people. I think that's something that you can do. I think that's something that we should think about doing. Uh, that's part of what I think for many people this holiday uh, can bring about is it inspires us for where we need to go now. What's the dream today? Do you have any thoughts or opinions about this? You can call me at 888-528-2557. That's the number for Southern California Live. 888-LA-TALKS is the number. Um if you want to take a look at some things for Martin Luther King Jr. over the holiday, read some of his sermons. A great sermon that he did is uh, something that uh, if you Google it, you can find it. It's, uh, let me see here. The name of it is Love Your Enemies and it was delivered at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in uh, Alabama. So if you type in Love Your Enemies delivered at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, you'll find it. And it is actually a great exposition of Jesus' teaching about how we are to love our enemies and the way we can influence change and the way we can do it as a Christian, the way we can do it in a way that actually helps everybody, that doesn't put one person down over the other. You know, that's some of the, the tension that we have today, right, with with CRT or other things that people say. The difficulty comes to this place where we're just dividing and dividing, and you're this or you're that, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no redemption. The, the lack of redemption is one of the greatest problems in our society, the idea that people aren't worth reaching out to just because we don't agree with them or because maybe they've actually done something bad. I mean, have you seen that? That's not Christian at all. The uh, When Hillary Clinton, who might run for president again, did you see that again? It could be the Clinton-Trump uh, rematch, and uh, that's going to be crazy if that happens in a couple of years. One of the reasons she didn't become president was because she called Trump supporters you – know, the famous line is that she called them uh, what was it, deplorables, right? But actually what she said was uh, they're deplorable and irredeemable. It's the irredeemable word that is the offense. It's the idea that these people aren't even worth it. They are irredeemable in her opinion. Uh, Mitt Romney, when he was running for president, he made a similar error. It wasn't quite as sharp as that. But if you remember, probably the reason he didn't get elected president is because there was a secret camera in uh, a fundraiser that he was in, and he was speaking to a group of donors, and he was explaining the difficulties in the electoral process. And he said, effectively, that 47 percent of the country are already not going to vote for him. And there are 47% who are going to vote for him, and then the only people to go after are that middle 6%. Now, I understand that from a strategic political standpoint. But the way it came across was is you don't want to care about those 47%. You want to try to win over some of those people. Why would you not do that? Why would you not try to say, hey, I've got a better idea, and you should vote for me? And we've kind of done that in many ways, and we're dividing and dividing and dividing as a country today, and it's scary. Uh, it It is frightening the notions that we have where we just get against each other and we don't talk. And we come up with academic notions or spiritual notions where this group of people is bad and this group of people is okay, and then we start voting for people who are on our team regardless of whether or not they're moral or not, regardless of whether or not Everything they say is something useful. This is a big struggle. This is a big struggle for Christians in the church. I think that we can rise above it. I think that when we have holidays like this, we should be thinking about that. We should think about him and what he meant and in the history of all of that. But where do we go now? What's the dream now that we should have that we can work together with? We can do that. 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number. If you want to join me here on Southern California Live, Eight 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 five two eight. Two five five seven. One of the things about Jesus's teaching that Martin Luther King said, he said, but far from being an impractical idealist, Jesus has become the practical realist. Uh, the words of the text, and he's talking about uh, the text of turning the other cheek and loving your neighbor and hate and uh, uh, loving your enemies and blessing them who curse you and do good to them that hate you and pray for them that they might despite. Uh, that they might be uh, saved, that they may become children of your father, which is in heaven. And Jesus's words are tough there. And he says, these these words should glitter in our eyes with new urgency. That's what he would say in the 50s. Don't you think that's what we should say today, that there should be an urgency to the way we see other people for the sake of their souls? That's what we are to be about as believers. That's what the church is to be about. How can the church do better at caring about people's souls, especially people who are our enemies, however we perceive that? How can the church do better, especially for people who seem like they're just so lost? And maybe we're the one who's lost, right? Sometimes we think the other side is lost, but actually we're the ones who are are lost. How do we have the humility to really pay attention? See, one of the things that Dr. King would teach is that in seeking to love your enemy, you have to try to discover the element of good in your enemy. And every time you start to hate somebody, you're really just like them, and you start to think of hating that person, remember that there is something good there or some good point in their life, and you can focus on that and encourage them. It's It's a great way to respond to people, especially when you have tension, especially when you don't agree. It matters greatly. And you can look at a person then and look deep down in them, he would say, and find the image of God and realize that they are made in God's image, just like you are. And if you seek to hate somebody, um, you need to realize that they need Jesus the same way that you do. It's a super important thing. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, and uh, I'm talking about Martin Luther King Jr. holiday and just some thoughts there and hoping to encourage you uh, to take a look at him this weekend and then think about ways that you can be inspired and that we can be inspired together to do what is necessary to love, to unite around the right purposes uh, within the church, and to be better in mission. It matters. You can give me a call, 888-528-2557. 888-LA-TALKS is the number. This is Southern California Live. We'll continue in just a moment.
0: Stay tuned. Welcome back to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Good to be with you this afternoon,
1: this fine Thursday afternoon. We're talking about the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday that is coming up. And uh, I asked you to uh, call me and share your thoughts. You can give give a call at 888-528-2557. 888-LA-TALKS is the number. Let's go to Mimi in Los Angeles. Mimi, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. How are you, Mimi? Hello. Hi.
2: Hi. Hi i I was calling because um as you were talking about Scott earlier about um visiting uh, dr king's um uh facility, I think it was yeah. in Atlanta, you said it was run down, but
1: well, the and, last time I was there, I thought it was a little bit run down. They may have improved it since then
2: you know that you know that's so sad because this man has did great things for america yep. and for the, for it to just uh uh for it to uh, be, not be well kept, you know it's a, still a stench in america a racism of stench, a sophistication of a stench in america it's mm. not prevalent you know it's not like you know how it was back in the day you can't just uh say you you know oh put your you you know put your eyes down you can't you can't look at me no it's none of that it's still a so- uh, a uh, a still a uh, some type of stench of Amer- in America of racism. Yeah, there's still a lot still a lot of,
1: it's a lot of work, sophistication
2: work to do a, the a fi- su- fi- sophistication of a stench of a in America of racism
1: hmm. you know i'm googling it it looks like they they have updated it significantly since the last time i have been there i went online there so i think that's a, a good thing there you know things over time it's kind of old right so things things get worn down but it's very popular. Have you ever been there to the King Center? No, I have never
2: been to the King Center in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, if you ever have that chance, it's great. Uh, the home he was burnt, born in is nearby, and uh, you can go tour that, and then you can tour his church, which I think, uh, you know, I, maybe it's because I'm a pastor especially, but uh, it's very moving, actually, to be in there. And, uh, you know, there are still lots of, there are lots of things, as you say, that are are still undone. Um, still that we need to do. But we certainly need to pray about that and I think act uh, and find a way to act that's beyond. You know, my, my thought is, tell me what you think about this. My thought is that uh, we need to move beyond a lot of the academic conversation and just have personal conversations and eat together and talk about the experience, especially that black people have had in our country uh, and that still have now. I feel like there would be a lot of value to that uh, and we're not doing a good job at that. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You gotta people you you just gotta step up. Yep. Gotta step well, up. Step and
1: up every, to the place. <laughs> everybody does. And I guess one of the reasons I'm I'm saying this is I wanna encourage people that it seems like an overwhelming problem. And uh, maybe we've made it worse the last couple of years. But people that have stood in this gap have done so without a bunch of money and without Political power, and they have done great things. And how do we know that somebody listening to this today, or somebody who reflects well, you know, on this this weekend, jealousy too. oh yeah, there's a whole lot of difficulty uh, with this yeah, in jealousy, so many ways. You know,
2: yeah. people, it's just sad, racism yeah. and jealousy. So you know that plays a whole lot.
1: Yeah, they made me because you can't do something. Right. How are you doing uh with all the COVID and everything? You staying healthy?
2: Yeah, I'm healthy in Jesus' name. By faith I claim the word of God. The Bible says speak those things as though they were
0: <laughs> Yeah.
2: All so right. I speak life to my I I speak life to my body. I'm yeah. excellent I'm with excellent health and strength. The Bible says, no weapon formed against me, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper every tongue that rise up against me, thou shalt condemn, and this is the heritage of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. Mm. I believe God.
1: Well, I'm glad that you're with the Lord and that you are my sister in Christ. Thank you for giving us a call today and sharing your thoughts. I appreciate that. All right, we've been talking about the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday that's coming up. See, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of work to do, isn't there? But I think that we still have something very great uh, she mentioned jealousy that is there. You know, what makes enemy? Do you have an enemy? Are really, people or an individual who you really consider your enemy. I mean, hopefully, it's not a group of people. Then you've got to really work on some uh, some sin issues, right? But we have people sometimes in our life that uh, we don't particularly like. One of the quotes that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said, he says, there are a lot of people that I find it difficult to like. I don't like what they do to me. I don't like what they say about me and other people. I don't like their attitudes, I don't like some of the things they are doing. I don't like them. But Jesus says to love them, and love is greater than like. Love is understanding, redemptive goodwill for all men, so that you love everybody, because God loves them. You refuse to do anything that will defeat an individual because you have agape in your soul. He talks about how we just have to to love people, that when we hate people, that ultimately it just tears us down that it destroys who we are. And one of the big things of his teaching, and I'll, I'll end kind of with this note here, is that we have to think of those who are opposed to us in whatever it is in philosophy of how we live as citizens, people who might be opposed to us if uh, different ideas of faith or people that we don't get along with in the workplace, whatever it is, we have to have the mindset that they're made in the image of God and our mission is to love them. Jesus says, love your enemies, and it's that, that in that love is the redemptive power of his love, that our purpose for being here is to help people be transformed by the gospel of Christ, that we are representatives of Christ to do that, to love our enemies that way. And if you love your enemies, you discover that the very root of love is this power of redemption. The idea that we can redeem one another, that whatever tensions that we have, the ideas that whatever difficulties that we have, whatever questions need to be asked and whatever questions need to be answered, that our goal is the redemption of everybody. This is such a, a powerful thing. If, if you don't take anything away from what I'm saying today, bring back in your mind the idea that we need to love our enemies because of redemption, because people need to be redeemed. You know, everybody falls short of the glory of God. Whatever your race, whatever your background, wherever you have been, you fall short. You're not perfect. And you got to look at other people that way. I think that's some of the, the difficulty that we have today. We just want to destroy our enemy. We just have this moment where we want to, to tear him down. And we can't do it. We can't do it that way. One of the other stories, I'll finish with this, is Abraham Lincoln... Martin Luther King Jr. told a story about Abraham Lincoln. And when he was running for president, uh, there was a man who went around the country talking about Lincoln uh, and said a lot of unkind things, he said. And he used to say about Lincoln, you don't want a tall, lanky, ignorant man like this as the president of the United States. Probably today, lots of people agree that Lincoln would not get elected today simply because of how he looked or sounded on television, that he wouldn't make it, that people would just go, that's a weird looking dude and he has a squeaky voice. We can't vote for him. Well, somebody back then was saying it because people would see it, and he went on and on about this kind of attitude, and, uh, but Lincoln gets elected, and uh, when you study Lincoln, uh, he had an opportunity to bury this guy politically, uh, his, his opponent. Instead, he chose him to be the Secretary of War, to, be, to work with him, uh, to work with him in his administration. And he looked across the nation, and he decided to choose, this guy's name was Mr. Stanton, And all of his advisors looked at him and they said, Mr. Lincoln, are you a fool? Do you know what Mr. Stanton has been saying about you? Do you know what he has done, what he's tried to do to you? Do you know that he has tried to defeat you on every hand? Do you know that, Mr. Lincoln? Did you read all those derogatory statements about you? Imagine if they had Twitter back then and all the different things that would have been tweeted out. Abraham Lincoln stood before his advisors around him and said, Oh, yes, I know about it. I read about it. I've even heard him myself. But looking over the country, I find that he's the best man for the job, and Mr. Stanton did become the Secretary of War. And uh, a few months later, Lincoln was assassinated, not too long after that. And one of the things that happens is, is Mr. Stanton made a statement that um, there's some controversy as to whether or not he said it, but most people believe that as Mr. Stanton was waiting over the bed of Lincoln after he got shot and when he died, that Stanton said of his former enemy, now he belongs to the ages. Some people think he said angels, Um, but the quote is now he belongs to the ages. And what the idea was is that Stanton was so convinced of the character of Abraham Lincoln because he had chosen and reached out to him, even though he had been cruel to Lincoln beforehand, that there was something great about this man. This is what Jesus teaching is for us with each other, that we reach out and we build people up and we love them and we work for the best. This is how we work together. This is how we get past uh, disagreements, not agreeing on every single thing, but being people of character. So that's the dream, right? The dream is that we're judged on the content of our character and not the color of our skin or our economics or whatever else we want to judge people with number of, you know, Instagram friends you have, all kinds of weird things that we do. Anyway, that's my thought for you. Maybe a little uh, pastoral for this Thursday, but with all the stuff going on in the world, don't miss the opportunity this weekend to study Martin Luther King, read a couple of his sermons, read some of his speeches, and maybe you'll find yourself inspired uh, to get some work done around your own life or in the issues that he is discussing or whatever it is that God has called you to do. Everybody, I'm Scott Furrow. I am your host here on Southern California Live. I'll be back with you on Tuesday. There'll be another guest host, I think, tomorrow and uh, Monday, probably. Um, And uh, so please tune in from three to five. And I want to encourage you also, as we are a family here on KKLA and KPRZ, to go to the website of the radio station that you're listening to, kkla.com in the Los Angeles area and KPRZ in the San Diego area. And check out the website. You can get the podcast of this program, And there are lots of other ministries that you can connect with and be together with other fellow listeners. We, uh, I think something great about Christian radio is that we have the opportunity to be together, that we have the opportunity to see ourselves as part of the same church and be inspired, maybe to go back to our own congregations and be effective ministers for the gospel of Christ. That is our goal. All right, I want you also to know that I'm praying for you. I know a lot of you are sick. And uh, a lot of you have different things going on, and I pray that you have a a very uh, good evening and that you are well in every way. Until we talk again, this is Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you every single, uh, every day here on uh, KKLA and KPRZ. God bless you. I'll see you next week.